It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio, I'm David Leventhal. On today's show, is a big week. Big week! We now have a COVID vaccine. And we just had a presidential election. That on the show, along with the concept of moral hazard and its unequal application. More on that later, but first, let's start with a little bit of news. And some of the big breaking news today is Attorney General Bill Barr resigns. Oh my God, I miss you already. What are we going to do without that Attorney General misusing it? U.S. law enforcement at the top. I don't know. Barr, Barr is leaving. I, I suspect, it hasn't been announced, but I suspect he's planning on taking a job at Cliff Notes where he can missummarize some of the great literature of the world. Uh, I, I'm just guessing. Uh, he seems to have a, an affinity for that. Um, Bill Barr would has proven uh, during his reign that he would take a bullet for the President of the United States. Well, you know, so to speak, as much as any of these wusses would, would, would do anything like that, would put themselves on the line. But he'd take a bullet for the president, but apparently not so much a loser. Yeah, he'd take a bullet for President Trump, but loser Trump, uh, maybe not so important. Um, so why did he go? My wife said to me last night, why is he resigning? There's only a few weeks to go in in the presidency. Uh, I guess he wants to get out while the moving vans are still cheaper uh, maybe that's maybe that's it uh, we don't know we have conflicting signals from the White House and when I say we have conflicting signals from the White House I of course remind my viewers that anything that comes out of the White House anything said by Bill Barr or Donald Trump about the circumstances of he's leaving is not even worth listening to because they're liars but uh, there seems to have been some friction, as we reported on this show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the attorney general did not do enough to try to help Donald Trump steal the election. Uh, didn't do enough early enough. And then, of course, there was, what, a week ago or, you know, years ago in human time. Uh, he actually came out and said that the election seemed to be uh, for real. The results were real and there wasn't fraud. So... That was kind of a no-no, so he was on the outs apparently a little bit with his lover. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more on this story over the next few weeks as word trickles out from people who might have some integrity. Um, it's possible also that Barr was worried that uh, he might have to investigate, as the head of the Justice Department, um, he might have to investigate Russian hacking. Uh, maybe that was part of it. Uh, you know, Russia... Our soon-to-be ex-best friend, Russia. Uh, it turns out Russia has apparently been hacking the United States government extensively over the last weeks or months. We are still uncovering the extent of the hacking. Every few minutes seems to bring more information about further uh, the further extent of the hacking. But... Um, Russia has hacked into our government extensively, including Homeland Security, intelligence services, and again, more to come on this one. So 
with a with a generally hostile to the interest of the United States, a hostile foreign power, uh, hacking into the United States government. You could imagine how pissed off our current leader is. And uh, Trump is pissed. He is, of course, pissed. You know where this is going, right? He's pissed that Russia did not do it in time. Not that Russia hacked into our our government, but that Russia didn't do it in time to help him steal the election. Like, what's the point of doing this if you if you're not helping me steal the election? I don't get it. So, more to come on Russia. Probably more to come. Sadly, on Bill Barr. In the meantime, good riddance. His spot will be taken. I'm sure by someone else who has nothing but respect for the rule of of law underneath the the criminal president. So anyway, I mentioned the election. Let's get right into talking about the latest on the election. And yes, you may not know, you you do know, we had our presidential election yesterday. And by presidential election, I mean the only presidential election really in America that counts, the one where we actually cast votes for president. And by we, of course, I absolutely do not mean me. The Electoral College voted yesterday where the elite of the elite of this country get to get together and decide who the president of the United States is going to be. To it, with at least some restrictions uh, voted in by American voters. So the Electoral College voted. And this is a surprise. Joe Biden got 306 votes more than the 200 that is more than the 270 votes necessary to win the presidency it's official it's it's official it's done the ink is dry joe biden is the president elect of the united states and i'm saying it and i oh, wait official uh, moscow mitch just said it was over to give you an idea how official it was I mean, the Electoral College voted, sure, that's important. But Moscow Mitch just said, yeah, it's over. Six weeks after the election, the leader of the United States Senate, the most powerful person in the United States Congress, has come out and conceded that Donald Trump has lost. I'm sure he's still arguing voter fraud and stolen and all that, but he's he's still saying at least that it's over. There's some progress. Uh, so it's over? I say it, but I keep living through this nightmare and I keep underestimating the scum of the earth. And it's not going to be over after Biden has served four years as president. He will, he will presumably, so I believe, he will presumably take the oath of office on January 20th as that, um, that, that, that thing written down on paper, uh, constitution, as that constitution says that he's supposed to do. He's going to do that. And 74 million Americans will not accept the fact that he is legitimately the president of the United States, including probably pretty much every Republican in federal office or state office. So it's over. Yeah. Don't don't count your chickens, so to speak. I, you know, we've been through this, it seems to me, several times before. I mean, was it was it over when Trump lost the actual election that human beings voted by more than seven million votes? A veritable landslide? Was it was it over when Trump 
was seen to have lost the Electoral College vote by a landslide 74 points. That was within days of the election, week of the election, actual election. Lost Electoral College by 74 points. It still wasn't over. Was it over when the swing states that went for Biden at Trump's behest recounted their votes and his margin of losing only got bigger? Nope. Was it over when his election challenges in court got laughed out of one court after another? Nope. Was it over when Rudy's head and his ass both started leaking publicly on TV in court? Nope. Wasn't over then either. Uh, Was it over when they brought on clowns to speak in front of judges who are fodder for late night comics? Just ubiquitous in late night comedy shows. These idiots they brought to argue that Donald Trump had actually won the election. No, it wasn't over then either. Was it over when the states certified their election results? Which under that, you know, that thing again, that paper again, that that annoying little thing called the Constitution, says that when the states certify their results, those are the electors that go to the Electoral College and those are the ones who are going to vote for Biden. No, it wasn't over then either. Then, if it wasn't over, when all of these things happened, now that the Electoral College has voted, at least for these fucking morons, it's still not over. And if it's not over for the fucking morons, that means it's not over for us. I think it was said most succinctly recently by a particular Trump supporter. I think we got this from Twitter. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Okay, that wasn't actually from Twitter. That was from Animal House. But apparently spoken by a Trump supporter. It's hard to imagine John Belushi, Bluto Butarski as a Trump supporter. But then again, he did go on to become a United States senator. So, you know, maybe. You wouldn't think Bluto Blutarski become a Republican, but, you know, kids often do grow up to disappoint. He looked, the character in the movie was a, was a college drunkard who took pleasure in assaulting women. I mean, that's not senatorial material. He should have gone on to become a Republican Supreme Court nominee, right? I mean, that's... Anyway... Let's move on. The mind as this goes on, as the election continues to be drawn out and the Trump faithful and the Republican Party refuse to to consider the fact that they have lost and lost tremendously. The mind just gets more and more boggled. It is, as I keep saying on every show, because this is dragging out over weeks. You look at Trump supporters, people you know, and you just, there's, there's nothing to think other than what fucking planet are you living on? Like, what is wrong with you? As I've been arguing, anyone overestimating this shit is really doomed to face a lot of failure in the future. 
there's a lot of talk that, well, look, it worked out well. Don't be so negative. Biden won the victory. <laughs> Maybe. But as I keep saying, I, I don't know how this ever goes away. I, I don't know where we draw. Yes, we dodged a bullet, but we're still on death row, as I said several weeks ago. Uh, the headline, basically, in media across America, is that no one was killed during the Electoral College vote. And I'm not making that up. No one, like, this is a headline. Hey, great news, the Electoral College voted. I mean, yes, they had tight security measures. They had bodyguards. They were snuck into places where they're going to vote because we are so afraid of what these assholes are going to do. So this counts as a victory that the Electoral College managed to vote Joe Biden into the presidency without being shot at. At no point will Trump supporters accept the results of this election. At no point will the Republican Party accept the results of this election. And what that means, it's not just an academic exercise here. What that means is that no, is, is for the next four years, they will be undermining and refusing to comply with federal law. This will continue to they will continue to maintain an attack on federal law, federal processes, and the United States government for the next four years. Attack on government? Am I going too far? You've you've heard about the Texas lawsuit. The state of Texas brought a lawsuit in front of the United States Supreme Court seeking to invalidate the election, only the presidential election. In blue, only swing states that Joe Biden won. Just went to the United States Supreme Court and say, throw out the election in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, wherever, wherever else was it was in the uh, was in the lawsuit. Just throw out that part of the election where people voted for our opponent. We're supposed to take great solace from the fact that the United States Supreme Court didn't agree with this end of democracy in America movement. That's that's where we are right now. The Supreme Court, Trump supporters wouldn't go that far. Yes, this was a bridge too far even for this current criminal United States Supreme Court. It was not a bridge too far for almost two-thirds of the congressional Republican delegation. 126 congressional Republicans thought this lawsuit was a good idea. Supported this. Just throw out democracy in America. An assault on the very foundation of America's existence. And almost two-thirds of congressional Republicans supported it. Colbert had a had a bit earlier this week on these people basically being traitors. Works for me. Uh, he made he made a great joke about if they all got in a barrel and went over Niagara Falls. Gee, I'd like to watch that. Which would seem to be an off-color joke. Only, yes, it would be great. Actually, it would be better if they went over Niagara Falls without the barrel. Why waste perfectly good barrels? 126 Republicans thought ending democracy in America was a good idea so that they could steal an election. This is not just going away.
Anyway, the violence has started related to the election. Weeks ago, I said, it looks like we've dodged a bullet here. It looks like we're going to avoid the major violence that we were afraid of. Well, (laughs) it may just be a little late in coming. The week started with Republican officials in in Republican-leaning states that went Democratic pleading with the president to stop riling up his base to engage in violence against public officials. When Gabriel Sterling, the Republican who serves as Georgia's voting system implementation manager, gave a speech at a press conference, which is all over Twitter and everywhere else you've seen it. Uh, We talked about the home of Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, another Republican, lifelong Republican, a guy who, on other things, really a jackass, has been targeted by Trump supporters. The, the President of the United States has called him an enemy of the people so that his moron mob can go after these people. They are protesting with guns outside of public officials' houses. Joseph DeGeneva, a lawyer for the Trump campaign, said that Christopher Krebs, the director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency in the Department of Homeland Security, should be, quote, taken out at dawn and shot, close quote, because he vouched that the election was not stolen. Now, to be fair, DeGeneva later said that the statement had been made in jest, and if there's one thing you know... It's that angry mobs can take a good joke. They can tell the difference. Good good job, Joey. How are these people not in fucking prison? We'll talk we'll continue to talk as I have in past about the fact that we are going to need to start changing our free speech rules. They are inciting mobs to violence and mobs of the stupidest human beings who ever walked upright on the earth. Probably a lot who didn't walk up right. But at least what the hell? All this you're reading about all these public officials who are being threatened repeatedly with violence, who are afraid to leave their homes, show up at work. At least they're public officials, right? They're part of the deep state. At least you track that well as part of the deep state. But of course, it's not ending with public officials. Violence has begun at rallies. Trump rallies, other places where people are protesting, where Trump morons are protesting the stealing of an election in which their guy got slaughtered, metaphorically speaking. And just the other day, there were some knifings. There was a shooting at a rally. For a while, the the calm held. And maybe this will just go away and it'll be the last gaffes. The Electoral College has spoken Maybe it'll go away. I'm just a little bit worried because rabies doesn't get better by itself. Rabies, to my knowledge, such as it is, just gets worse. Just gets worse until the patient dies. It doesn't get better. It sure as hell doesn't get better on its own. Um, just in the news, Harper's had something Uh, on its roundup uh, earlier today, the Arizona Republican Party asked its Twitter followers whether they would be willing to give their lives 
in the fight against Trump's election loss. <laughs> Would you be willing to give your... Now, look, my, my first thought, I want to say, great, let me help. Please, give your lives. Commit mass suicide for the cause. Drink that lemonade, you morons. But, of course, that's not the way it's going to work, and that's not the way the Arizona Republican Party is asking it. When they say, would they be willing to give their lives, they, of course, mean, would you be willing to give your life taking a whole bunch of others, people who are better than you? Would you be willing to go down fighting if you could take some better people with you? This is, this is, this is where we stand. Uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy for these people to give their lives. Just don't take the rest of us with you. So the threat to democracy does not go away in this country. It is not going away and will not go away even when Biden is installed in his rightful place as president. Republican morons will not suddenly get smarter. Republican criminals will not suddenly get honest. The concern is that maybe, just maybe, they won't always be such obvious clowns. This brings me back to a subject I have had to repeat a lot over the last few weeks, and that is basically the way criminal behavior and ethics work in America. You don't find yourself an unethical piece of shit overnight. You go there in a series of steps. We don't, we don't get unethical and indecent in leaps and bounds. We do it incrementally. And so this, as I noted before, was a bridge too far for the Republican Supreme Court. But maybe next time it won't be quite so far. First of all, it won't be quite so far because they've already done it. So it's not a new thing. But second of all, maybe they'll just be a little bit better at it. The United States Supreme Court denied the GOP request to overturn the election in Pennsylvania and other places. Certify the election results. But maybe next time the, they'll be, the criminals will be smarter and they will have already laid down the predicate to take that next step. Just a, a few things here at a hearing at the Michigan House of Representatives. Rudy Giuliani urged state lawmakers to subvert certified election results, punctuated as it was by loud farts. The loud farts, of course, just really punctuating the fact that this is comical, in a sense, what he is asking courts to do. Well, will it be so comical in two years, in four years, in eight years, when they've figured out how to make a better predicate for it? One of Giuliani's witnesses, very famously, Melissa Carone, or Caroni, I don't know, an IT contractor who until recently was on probation. This is, this is the one you've seen the clips of this jackass uh, I, I, I took a thing for, to, that I wasn't lying. I swore I wouldn't lie. Did you? Did you? Did you swear you weren't lying? Uh, did you swear that? I did. This clown was, until very recently, on probation for sending sex tapes of herself to her fiancé's ex-wife and then accusing her of having stolen them. She's now alleging 100,000 fraudulent votes had been cast in the state. Who wouldn't take someone like that at her word? Well, four years from now, they're going to get someone without such a track record of being insane, an insane liar. Uh, another witness, I'm not even going to try. Hima Kolanagiridi, 
argued that voter ID laws were essential because all Chinese people look alike. With clowns like these as your friends, well, who needs enemies? But next time, they may move behind the clowns. 18 states' attorney generals joined that Texas lawsuit trying to throw out the election. It was joined by politicians who were elected into their office in the same election that they're trying to validate. Well, they'll say, no, my election part was good. Those votes you can count, just not the votes for president. And this is okay. This is is seemingly okay. Republican efforts to cement minority rule will only increase because they have no possibility in the near future to become anything other than the minority party. Republican efforts to undermine elections will only increase. Republican efforts to undermine reality will only increase because they have nothing else to sell. Reality has a well-known liberal bias. They continue overwhelmingly to still refuse to acknowledge Joe Biden's win. Two congressional Republicans, at least, still insist that Donald Trump won. Not just that there was a problem and that Biden didn't win, but say Trump won. Um, All but 27 Republicans in Congress have said that Biden, have, have refused to acknowledge Biden's win. This is the product part of gerrymandering that they only have to worry about being voted out of office by someone even more insane on their own right. But it's also a sign of insanity ever taking over the Republican Party. And it's just not going to go away. By the way, compare what's going on here to, I was reminded by one commentator, I thought made a good point. I forget who it was. But remember a couple years ago when Donald Trump's then head of Homeland Homeland Security, Kirstjen Nielsen, there was a big deal. She was she was in charge of the family separation policy where the United States government ripped children out of the arms of their mothers and then it turns out went and lost them. But she got booed. She got asked to leave a restaurant. And this was all over America. This was the worst thing imaginable. This was the worst insult. How could you treat someone like this? This is, this is bad manners. This was the uproar over how people on the left treated a, a criminal sociopath working for a criminal sociopath. And now, on the other side, it's so insane, you can't even, you, you almost can't even see media outrage over big stuff, let alone the little stuff. You know, being held to a higher standard may work for Hebrew National. It just... It doesn't work for Democrats, and it never has worked for Democrats, who will always continue to be held to a higher standard, which will be much higher for them to meet. They will do little things that will that will go badly, and it will become a national outrage, and Republicans will commit national outrages, which will get on the news for a little while. Uh, the sane, bottom line, The sane is always going to lose to the insane. That's just the way it is. And that is especially true in a world of false equivalences, which still, the media is doing better, but but still, we continue to do. Republicans did something bad, like burning down the whole house. 
Democrats did something bad, like snack before dinner. See, they're all the same. Um, I, I, I want one last word on the election. This is something that's really been bothering me and I think is, is really important. The narrative from the election, speaking of false equivalences in the way the media, media treats things. Yes, Biden won. Biden won by basically a landslide. But the Democrats took a beating too. It was a mixed message for Democrats because the Democrats lost seats in the House of Representatives. What was that all about? They didn't take over the Senate. What was that all about? Well, they didn't take over the Senate. That that was disturbing. But let's be reminded how undemocratic the Senate is. If California and New York got as many uh, senators as would be reflected by their population compared to North and South Dakota, the Democrats would have the Senate. But losses in the House of Representatives. I just had this conversation with some of my students, and I've been meaning to have it on the show. People forget it was only two years ago the Democrats took back the House of Representatives. The Democrats took back the House of Representatives by winning in one of the biggest landslides in U.S. history in in an off-year presidential election vote. One of the biggest landslides, and we knew that they had to win because of gerrymandering, because the fact that voting is taken out of the hands of voters, Congress is chosen by state legislatures way more than it is chosen by the American people. In order for the Democrats to get a bare majority in the House of Representatives, they needed to win by historic landslide. And they did. Not only did they, but they, they surpassed the historic landslide they needed, and they won the House by a comfortable margin. They just won the House again. How many of those seats that were up two years ago were up again? Civics, 101 here, people. Every single one of them. Every two years, every seat in the House of Representatives is up for re-election. And I know that once you're in office, you get the benefits of incumbency and raising money from campaign contributors and all that other shit. But the bottom line is, they needed to do this year the same thing they needed to do two years ago, which is basically win by a landslide in order to keep the House because of how undemocratic it is. And they did. And the story should be the Democrats, despite incredible anti-democratic obstacles to them running the House of Representatives or the Senate, won the House of Representatives again and may yet, from my lips to God's ears, in a couple of weeks, win the United States Senate. It is, in that sense, a remarkable achievement, although... It is not to be denied that this is the political party that should have won every seat that was up for election because who they were running against are criminals. Anyway, uh, quickly regarding the election, um, Biden is going to be the president. Uh, He's already screwed up, apropos of both sidesism. He's been announcing who his cabinet's going to be and generally to great acclaim, although not, uh, not not containing the liberals that many of us liberals hoped that he was going to be putting into his cabinet, but competent people. Well, he just nominated General Lloyd Austin for Secretary of Defense. By all accounts, Lloyd Austin is a qualified individual. He's an African-American, which is great. It's about time for an African-American to be Secretary of Defense. He edged out, apparently, the number two choice, which was a woman, which is a shame because it's also more than past time for a woman to be Secretary of Defense. But 
he shouldn't have nominated a guy who just four years ago was a general and was in the United States military. Under United States law, you need to be out of the military because we like this idea of civilian control of the military. You have to be out of the military for at least seven years before you could be nominated for defense secretary, unless you get a waiver. Well, Trump's first defense secretary, Mad Dog Mattis, got that waiver because he was seen as somewhat of a grown-up and a check on a criminal and incompetent president. But that doesn't mean Biden needed to go down that path. And why the hell did he go down that path? Uh, I like the idea of civilian control of the military. And I understand when we talk about civilian control of the military, we're mostly talking about lobbyists and defense contractors, you know, still in control of the Defense Department. But couldn't you have... Couldn't you have found some other, someone else beholden to military contractors to do the job of Secretary of Defense? It was a mistake. Even though he's qualified, should have gone with the woman. I think she she wasn't she didn't have she doesn't need a waiver. Anyway, same thing with the false equivalences. Throughout the the Biden picks, they are qualified. It is especially. At this time, it is uplifting to see that the people that he is nominating for health care posts are actually qualified to do their job. They're actually experts in their field. It will be nice, the idea of having people in government who have qualifications and interest in governing again. And that is, of course, the best hope for the future if the Supreme Court and the Republicans can't stop them from doing their job. Anyway, speaking of public health, before we leave... I'd like to give an update on, on COVID and uh, particularly in the context of an important uh, economic and political theory, which seems relevant right now. But in COVID, and I'm sure you haven't missed this, the United States has way surpassed the 16 million mark of people who've gotten come down with COVID, way beyond that. Again, way more than anybody else in the world per capita in any way you imagine it. COVID is raging out of control, still in America, way more than anywhere else. We have passed the 300,000 dead mark, okay? Passing 300, exceeding 300 may be good if you are a baseball player. Exceeding 300 if, if you are a president in a country trying to control a pandemic, not such a good thing. The irony, of course, the big news on the COVID th- front is this great irony. The vaccine is out. Yesterday, people were getting it, 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 the Pfizer vaccine has gotten emergency approval from the FDA to go out and, and to go uh, to, to be disseminated. And people have started getting the vaccine. And that's the great news. It's, it's great people are getting it. Maybe not as many people will be getting it because it turns out the leader of the free world failed to order enough vaccine from Pfizer. But, you know, we're not going to go down that road. Who knows? That may have been more of a complicated decision. Anyway, the, the president didn't buy uh, as many as Pfizer wanted to sell us. And therefore, some of the vaccine is going to go out of the more of the vaccine is going to go out of the country. But the good news is people are starting to get vaccinated. The bad news is it's going to take a really long time to get to where we need to be regarding the number of people who've been vaccinated before we are out of the woods. People are still saying it's not going to be until late the fall or winter of 2021, I'm hearing now, before we can start putting our masks away and maybe get back to some kind of semblance of normal many months from now. 
So that's the bad news. Things are about to be getting much worse before they get much better. As has been going on for weeks, the daily death toll is setting records generally. And the fear, of course, is the hope of the vaccine is going to get people who aren't even insane to relax their guard. I mean, yes, Donald Trump continues to have big parties with people not wearing masks, but that's Donald Trump. He was doing that all along. He's perfectly happy to kill his constituents. Uh, but for the rest of us, things look to be bad for a while before they get better. The logistical problems with handing out the vaccine, of course, I understand. It is a remarkable undertaking to get the vaccine developed as quickly as it was. And now to get it to hundreds of millions of people, billions of people, perhaps around the world. The logistical problems are extraordinary. And I understand that. It's the leadership and the moral problems that I'm still having a problem with. When you hear that there is still this tremendous reluctance to get the vaccine from people, that Americans are going to turn their backs and shun vaccines, people who should know better. Of course, in many respects, not always, but being led by the president of the United States, who from day one has been attacking, attacking the very notion of government, in part just by running it or not running it, misrunning it. All of the former presidents basically have come out and said that they will take the vaccine publicly as a way to try to convince Americans to take a vaccine that not only has the potential to save their lives, but to save the lives of people around them. But this is America. And that, that might be too big an ask for too many Americans, which will interfere with our ability to have the vaccine really protect us. And that brings me, as a last word, to this concept of something called moral hazard. Moral hazard is a term that, that's been bandied about for, for a long time. It's, it's the concept of you make people suffer the, 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 the impacts of their own bad decisions because otherwise you will not sufficiently incentivize them not to make bad decisions. You make people suffer from their bad decisions as a way to teach them a lesson. Now, for Republicans, and let's face it, it's, it's pretty much just Republicans who invoke the concept of moral hazard. Moral hazard really just refers to poor people. Okay? You can't give a starving child food because gosh, that will just convince that starving child to not work or to, you know, to want more food. Or to teach that starving child's parents to be more responsible, we're just going to let that child starve because otherwise we have moral hazard. We teach people the wrong lessons. You know, kind of like tough love. We don't give free food to starving kids. Or, or for instance, more recently, we don't give homeowners bailouts during the mortgage crisis because they need to be punished for their own mistakes. For Republicans, moral hazard has always been a big thing with poor people. They're really upset with the idea that we might be giving poor people the wrong lessons. We also might be giving them food and subsistence. Why give them a place to live if they're just going to squander it? For Republicans, moral hazard has never been something that applies to corporations. 
for instance, the 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 latest bailout bill, economic relief package, continues to be held up in the United States Senate in large part because they want to make sure that corporations are given immunity from liability for not protecting their own workers when it comes to COVID. For corporations creating coronavirus hotspots and super spreaders, they shouldn't be responsible for that because they're not starving children, of course. They're corporations. They should not be accountable for their own actions. In fact, the whole concept of tort reform or immunity from liability for corporations, which has been on the forefront of Republican political efforts for years, is all about moral hazard. Except it's not. It's all about ignoring moral hazard and allowing companies to not face the consequences of their own actions. The financial crisis, I mentioned that before with the mortgage crisis. Bailing out banks was less problematic to Republicans than bailing out individuals. Moral hazard also doesn't apply to rich people if you're a Republican, of course. Rich people can get away with everything. Their financial crimes, including, again, the financial crisis, where everybody else got devastated and lost their homes, rich people got richer. Lack of accountability generally for rich people. Golden parachutes for rich CEOs who run their country's companies into the ground. The whole concept of bankruptcy, which people like Donald Trump have used so effectively to avoid the consequences of their own misdeeds and misactions. Republicans have no problems with any of that. Moral hazard only applies to the poor. It doesn't apply to the rich. Bottom line. So, let's apply this now to COVID. Rudy Giuliani came down with COVID. Some of the good news of the week. And again, I don't feel at all weird saying that. I hope the fucking piece of shit dies. I have no problem saying that. But here's what I really do hope most of all. I, I, I would have hoped, that, too late now, I would have hoped that he was turned away from the hospital. That when he got to a hospital where maybe they were struggling for hospital beds, they said, you are a piece of shit who has been spreading COVID and denying its existence. You don't get to take up a scarce hospital bed. How are we letting Trump supporters, we should, before they get, if we really believe in moral hazard, before you get admitted to the hospital, show your fucking ID card that shows whether you voted for Trump or Biden. If you voted for Trump and you don't believe that COVID's a problem, get the fuck out of the hospital and leave the beds open for people who actually live in the real world and take responsibility. Even from his hospital bed, Giuliani called into a radio show and said, quote, you can overdo the masks. Yeah, we're still, while he's in his hospital bed, because he's wealthy and connected, so he gets the good treatment. He's still, he's still underselling COVID and our response to it. People in Trump's orbit should not take up hospital beds. People who deny masks and the efficacy of mask wearing shouldn't get masks when they are scarce. When there are limited N95 masks, don't give them to the sons of bitches who are telling everybody else they don't need to wear masks. And that brings us to vaccines. Now, vaccines are a different cup of tea because we all need everybody to get them to get the kind of immunity that we need. But while vaccines are scarce, and while we believe that they do provide protection to the people who get them, why would you give them 
to people who have been denying COVID? Why would you give them to people who've been spreading COVID to other people? Why would you give them to Republicans? Why would you give them to Trump supporters at this point? Moral hazard, people. Republicans supposedly believe in that. You should suffer the consequences of your own actions. You have been downplaying COVID to people. You don't get the vaccine until everybody who's a decent human being has already gotten his or hers. People who undermine civil society shouldn't be able to take part in civil society. Just a thought. Anyway, those are my thoughts for the week. I will have some more thoughts next week and probably updates on the status of the election. Until then, be safe, be well. See you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 